Hey, it's Sam, and you're listening to Catch All, the podcast, a show for creating a life well-lived. We explore topics ranging from relationships and business to mental health and pop culture and everything in between with friends, experts, and people who generally have their shit together. Let's get into it. Hello, welcome back to Catch All the Podcast. This is episode number two. I can't believe I lasted through a whole episode enough to do do it again. This is great. I feel like I'm sort of hitting my stride and um, it's, it's becoming more comfortable to talk essentially to myself into a microphone. <laughs> so hopefully as I continue to work on this, um, it'll get better and, and sound uh, a little less Mickey Mouse. Uh, so if you're just tuning in and you're not familiar, my name is Sam. I run a company called Catch All Creative and, uh, and we'll get more into that eventually, uh, and what that all entails. But this podcast um, was a way for me to bring some creativity back into my life just for fun. Um, so a lot of what I do is is creating content uh, for different clients and for my business. And so I was looking for a way to create content outside of the confounds of actually doing my job um, and, and for, for more of a fun aspect. So here's the podcast. Um, So for episode two, I thought it would be kind of cool to go through a couple of questions, um, sort of like an ask me anything, except for if I can be completely candid, nobody asked me these questions (laughs) because nobody, nobody's responding to my Instagram question stickers, um, unless it's a bot telling me how much they love my feed or sending really stupid emojis. So Nobody sent me these questions. I Googled them um, for some inspiration. So I thought I would go through them just so you can get a little bit of uh, a better feel for who's coming at you in your in your earbuds when you're in your car or you're doing some housework or having a coffee and, and listening to this podcast. So without further ado, let's uh, get into it. Um, so the first one is... Um, how do you navigate doubters of your dream when they are people that are close to you in your life? And this was a question that I think a lot of people who sort of navigate their business in an online space um, have touched on. And it's really interesting because I don't know if it's that I haven't reached that that magnitude um, in terms of people actually giving a shit about you know what I do online uh, or what, but I don't particularly have this problem, um, which is nice. The people that are close to me in my life are, I guess you could say, sort of handpicked, um, and, and they're they're not there by happenstance. Um, I've gone through. Um, of, well, hell and back with a lot of the people that are currently in my life. And I guess, uh, luckily for me, they are supportive. Um, I've never felt not supported uh, by them. And so I guess in, in terms of navigating the doubt, um, it's not something that I 
have particularly had to deal with. I will say, though, that I think it's important to understand that when you think about what other people are thinking about you, I think a lot of times that's our own fear insecurity um, that we're sort of projecting. And if we think that somebody thinks the way that we show up online or the fact that we you know, quit our job to, to start a business or whatever it is, um, I think that if we have negative um thoughts about the way people are thinking about that or viewing us. I think it's more about our own personal feelings because truthfully, I don't think anybody gives enough of a shit about your life to be that concerned. Uh, And so maybe that sounds a little harsh and a little out there, but I think if we can remember to be confident in, in what the choices we make in our lives are and, and understand that, The people around us, if we've done a good job at picking the people around us, are probably not going to be judgmental and probably aren't going to be bringing us down. And if they are, those probably aren't your people to begin with. Um, And so that's how I would approach that one. It's tough um, because I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I have a lot of support, a lot of people behind me. So it's worked out for me, but I can imagine that that's not the case for everyone. So again... Being mindful of of the people you surround yourself with and understanding that they probably don't care as much as you think they do. And it's probably more about your own fears and insecurities and, and questions about whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, number two, this is a kind of a random one and I thought it was sort of interesting. Um, what was your sleeping schedule like when you started your business versus now? And this is um, interesting for me because I worked in construction, which meant that I was up at like 5, 5.30 every single day. Like we had to be on site ready to go for like seven at the latest. And so I always uh, woke up pretty early compared to like some of my friends and and my family who work like regular people jobs at like an office. (laughs) Um, So I've been doing that for God, seven, whatever, however many years. And, um, and I've always gone to bed like pretty early. I'm usually sleeping by 10. Um, but the thing is, is when I started the business, I was doing it on, on the side. So I was working on it on, uh, through the evenings and on weekends while I was still working my full-time job. And as I started to, sign more clients, it started to get to the point where I was working like, you know, up to, I don't know, like say 10, 10 30, 11 o'clock at night, trying to make sure that I wasn't dropping the ball, trying to get everything done for my clients um, while I was still working my full-time job. So with that being said, um, when I first started my business, I was sleeping like a like sh- total shit um, because I was staying up later than I usually did. I was um, stressed in the sense that I could feel this sense of pressure. Um, you know, I didn't want to drop the ball for the clients. I knew that I was starting to get busier and that I didn't necessarily have the capacity to, to keep growing while still working full-time um, at, my, at my regular nine-to-five job. So because of that, I also experienced a bit of insomnia, uh, which was really interesting because it's not really something that I've experienced before, but I would just be laying awake 
you know, thinking about all of these things that I had to check off my to-do list for not only my day job, but also my business and, and any client projects that I was working on. And it was just truthfully a little bit exhausting. Um, and thankfully, once I resigned from my job and, and once I took my business full time and, and got really into a groove with my clients, I uh, was able to sort of get back to my my regular habits and routines. So I still wake up pretty early. I just I'm used to it now. I, I don't think that will ever change. I'm usually out of bed by six, six thirty ish, um, you know, start the day and, and get going. So I guess uh, that's kind of what the sleep schedule is like bed by like nine, read a little, write a little, up by six. That's not half bad. Number three, how do you form lasting relationships with your clients? So this is interesting because I was actually just talking to, I was on a call with one of my clients and we were talking about this idea of um, the word of mouth referrals and how lately a lot of the people that have approached me have been through people that either I've worked with before or I'm currently working with or somebody that I met at a networking event who have recommended me to someone. So I find that however it's working, I'm making a, an impression on, on the people that I'm working with or the people that I'm meeting in sort of this entrepreneurial space, uh, which is working out really well for me. Um, and I would say... It's important when you're starting a small business to just be yourself um, and, and be 100% authentic to who you are. It, it, I think people resonate really strongly with seeing people from a genuine standpoint. And so, um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I laugh my way through podcasts and I post, uh, you know, heartfelt and, and, but also sarcastic and, self-deprecating content on, on Instagram or on my blog. Um, and I think generally, if you were to ask one of my very close friends, what I was like, um, as a friend and, and what I'm like in person, I feel confident that they would be able to wholeheartedly say that I'm very much the exact same as, uh, in person as I am in my online persona. And, and when I deal with clients, which of course, for the most part is virtually. So I think that people resonate with that. I think people want to work with people. I think that that's the difference between a business and a brand is having, you know, this sense of, of mission, the sense of value, um, and, and really what you stand for as a person. And I think naturally, if you are just who you are, you're going to attract people that, that resonate with that. You know, I'm, I'm probably not going to attract people that don't have a, 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 the same sense of humor as I do. And that's probably good because I don't think that my sense of humor is for everyone. Um, so I think with that being said, that would be the, the number one way that I would recommend um, building strong relationships with clients is start with who you are, who you really are from the get-go. And you're just going to attract people that, that resonate with that. And because of that, you're going to be able to have strong relationships with your clients. Number four, if you could tell your 20-year-old self one thing, what would it be? This is a good one. I 
I think hindsight is 2020. I think you are always going to have a clearer picture looking back and reflecting on, on situations. And I think with that being said, I probably would tell myself to take things a little less seriously. I have always been particularly anal. I'm very controlling. These are all things I know about myself. I accept it. I get it. And I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. With that being said, I think that there have been moments where my lack of spontaneity or my inability to go with the flow have has kind of hindered possible experiences that I could have had or um, or learning experiences that I could have had earlier had I you know not been afraid to take a chance or be be afraid of failure. Um, so I think that if I was to give myself my my younger self my twenty year old self um, a message, it would be that it would be just to let some things happen. Just let it happen. Everything doesn't need to be planned meticulously. Um, and, and it's okay if it is, and it's also okay if it isn't. And I think that was something that I struggled with, um, especially, you know, as I was a teenager and, and growing up through university and all that sort of thing. So that's what I would say, I think. And it's funny too, because now I'm, I'm literally recording a podcast episode with like essentially no planning. Um, I researched some questions and I read through them and now I'm talking. So um, I think it's safe to say that I've come a long way. And, and I think there's something to be said for that because um, truly, I don't think anything, anything extraordinary comes from a comfort zone. So it's important to be okay with discomfort. Um, and I think it allows us to grow, so. Number five, how has your transition been working from home? <sighs> you know, there, it has its moments. <laughs> I, uh, I started out pretty strong in the sense of having a pretty strict routine, would get up, work in my office, um, check off all the tasks, get the to-do list cleared out, and uh, I would call it a day. And then I think my dogs got <laughs> comfortable with me being home. And man, they just became a huge pain in the ass. Um, and it's hard too because I can never really predict what the day is going to be like with them because some days they're just chilling they're napping on the couch they're napping on the floor they're napping everywhere and other days it's like every 25 seconds these guys want to go out and like tear up the whole garden which is terrible um and and they're very loud at times which can be distracting and uh it, it was tough. So with that being said, considering that I was trying to get shit done and, and not, you know, play with my dogs all day while they were whining and whining and whining. And also considering that I was now essentially by myself all day, every day. And, you know, that was a huge transition because I was work, used to working on, on big projects with lots of people and, and, you know, being that go-to person where, 
people were constantly stopping by my desk or by my office to say, you know, this is where we're at on this, or can you help me figure this out or, or whatever it was. And I dealt with people all day long. And so in coming um, into the situation where I'm now working remotely, I work virtually for just about all of my clients. Um, we occasionally have progress calls that are on video, but for the most part, it's me, myself, and I, uh, and the whiny dogs. So I made the decision to start uh, working a few days a week at a co-working space. And the space is beautiful, firstly. So if you're in the, in the GTA area, uh, hit me up and I will fill you in on that because, well, I guess GTA, nope. I guess it's closer to like Hamilton Halton. Yeah. So if you're in that area and you're looking for a, a really cool co-working space, hit me up. Um, I'll fill, fill you in on my secret spot. But uh, it's beautiful. Very, very inspiring. Just the way that it's decorated and and all the great things that go on there. It's cool because they have um, like an artist section and then they have the co-working space. So there's makers who are painting or, or making sculptures or different different pieces of art. And then there's people who are co-working um, just on whatever businesses they do. Tons of different things, lawyers and um, tech people and all sorts of stuff, which is very cool. But it's great because I get out of the house. I can take a break from, from the dogs and, and they get used to me not being here all the time and and trying to sit on my lap while I'm working. Um, and, and if you know, if you know what my dogs look like, them sitting on my lap while I'm working isn't as feasible because I have a King Corso, uh, who's like almost 90 pounds. And then I have, um, a half box or half American bulldog and she's, uh, she's getting up there too. So <laughs> they are not lap dogs by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but anyway, Going to the co-working space um, gets me out of the house and then gets me just chatting to people. And I think there's something to be said for that sense of community. Uh, and I think that I get a lot of inspiration from that too, just different discussions that I'm having with people or different events that I've attended there. Um, so that's been working out really well. And I'm, I'm glad that I did that. It's It's been a game changer because I think, honestly, I was starting to go a little shack wacky. <laughs> And I actually thought for a minute, should I just go back and get a real job? And then I thought, oh, you stupid idiot. That's the dumbest thing you could do. <laughs> so that's uh, that's how it's been working from home. Yeah, has its moments. But you know what? I do cook dinner from scratch almost every single night, uh, which is great because, well, if you know me, you know I love cooking and I love trying new recipes. And uh, there's something to be said for like a home-cooked meal um, on a, on a regular basis. So that's, that's been a, a positive aspect for sure. What, uh, let's see. Um, how do you organize your to-do list and prioritize tasks? Uh, this is a good one. And I'm actually in the process right now of, um, of talking a lot about productivity on, on all of my platforms. It's my theme of the month. Um, so with this one, it's all about what is going to, to move the needle. And when I say that, it, it, it's for not only my business, but also the clients that I'm dealing with. So for me, I always try to look at 
um, in my business, what is going to make the biggest difference in, and in terms of, you know, growing the business, um, you know, earning additional income, whatever it is. And I do that first. So I work on things that are really going to make a difference and that's where the priority lies. Um, and then when it comes to clients, it's kind of the same thing. They're all, I work with all entrepreneurs, right? So these people are people that are working on a lean budget. They need to get the most important things done because they need to get shit done that is going to make them money. Like that, that just is what it is. Make the money and make the biggest difference and the biggest impact for the people that they're working with. So that's definitely how I look from a big picture at the to-do list. Um, I also, uh, from if you're looking at it on a day-to-day standpoint, I use the Full Focus Planner by Michael Hyatt. So good. Like if you're if you're a paper planner person, definitely you need to check it out. It's pricey. You do it by quarter. It's like a whole big thing. There's goal setting. There's you know, all of these review, like weekly reviews and different aspects of your life that you like incorporate. It's not just about business. It's about, you know, personal well-being and, um, you know, physical health and all sorts of shit. But anyways, the fact of the matter is, is that it's a, it's cool because every single day there's space for, um, you know, like an actual agenda. So it's broken up by hour or by half hour. And then there's space for like your, the top three items. So the things you have to get done today. And then there's more space for um, all the rest of the stuff. And so there's different things. It's kind of like a combination between like a bullet journal, a, a regular journal, just to write notes and, and that and reflections and that sort of thing in. Um, and then also like a day planner. So that, uh, that definitely keeps me on track. And I can actually say that in terms of like visibility, it made a huge difference because I can see like if something isn't getting done um, and it's been on my list for a little while and it may not be urgent, I always think about, okay, like why is this still on the list? If it's not something that has to be done right now, is there a way that I can get it done efficiently? Is there, you know, maybe I need to push back on something Um Maybe I, I just need to let it go if it's just not, you know, if it's something for my business and, and it's just something I'm not doing, like, why is it still on this list? Um, so yeah, for visibility, it's good. And then I also use um, a project management uh, software, I guess. It's web-based. So if you're familiar with Asana, you would know um, what I'm talking about. But essentially, it's it's like, you know, a planner in a digital form. You can do all sorts of different things with it in terms of um, planning out different tasks and adding due dates and priority and uh, all sorts of details and comments and review things and move stuff around, change dates. It's great. I actually would recommend it probably um, to people who need something a little bit more than just like a Google calendar. Um, But but maybe still need sort of the help to, to keep their, their life on track, like outside of business, I guess is really what I mean. Because I think like, say for example, you had, um, you know, um, a huge list of projects you wanted to get done at home. You could sort of outline the different stages of those projects. You know, if you were doing a big home reno, um, and so you can kind of track it that way and you could pay extra. So you could actually have like a Gantt chart, like schedule. And if you're, if you've worked with those before, you're familiar with what that is, but 
anyway, it's, uh, it's cool. And I think I, I would recommend it even if you don't run a business, because I think it, it is that electronic visibility, which I think some people would find helpful. So let's do one more, one more question. <laughs> um, so number 14, what does the day in the life look like? Number 14, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I think I've only done like five of them. <laughs> what a loser. Oh man. Okay. So forget the number. What does a day in the life look like? Well, I mentioned this earlier in terms of what my sleeping patterns um, are, are like right now that now that I have this business. Um, so wake up in the morning, like six-ish, get ready for the day, you know, the whole uh, brush the teeth and wash the face and whatever do all that fun stuff. And then, uh, I'll grab a coffee. And from there I will take uh, a look at all of my favorite blog posts or like my favorite bloggers that I follow. I'll read new posts that they've, uh, published. I'll read some of the headlines from, from the news and, uh, and then I'll start getting through some emails that have come through, um, overnight and uh, then I get into the priority tasks. So I work through what I need to do for, for my clients and, uh, and get that all done. And then typically um, I'll have a couple breaks throughout the day. If I'm going to my co-working space, I usually leave my house around 8.30 and get there for like 9-ish and then uh, and do the thing there. And then uh, I try to wrap up around like 2.30, 3 o'clock um, on most days, uh, just based on, on the workload, it, it kind of varies. But um, yeah, I have relatively relatively consistent ending hours, which is nice. Uh, and then uh, depending on the day, we'll have a workout in the gym with, uh, with my husband. And uh, they'll come in and do dinner and get that all situated. And typically we eat around like 6.37-ish. Um, after that, I don't know, like watch TV sometimes, depending on what's on, <laughs> depending on if anything's binge worthy. <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, I head up to bed around like eight thirty, nine o'clock. I read, um, a little bit of whatever book I'm reading at the moment. I'll journal for a little, little while, a few pages, just writing about the day and, and sometimes bigger stuff too, like, you know, just things I'm working through and, and fears and concerns or big goals, uh, which I think it helps to get it down on paper and work through it. And then uh, it slides out and get up and do the damn thing again. So that's basically it. And uh, with that being said, I've got a, a whole slew of other questions that <laughs> I could keep answering, but this might be like the world's longest episode. So I will stop uh, now and maybe I'll get into some more of these later on. But if you have a question that you'd love for me to answer, whether it's business, whether it's um, I don't know, marriage, I, I don't think I'm necessarily qualified to give marriage advice, <laughs> but uh, I am married. Um and, and so maybe that's enough. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, like household stuff. I love a good DIY. I love a good uh, chore chart. <laughs> um, friendships, relationships, 
just all the things. That's the catch-all, right? It's all the things. So if you have a question that you'd love for me to uh, answer in a, in a future episode, reach out to me. You can uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram at catchallcreative or uh, send me an email. I'll link everything in the show notes because I can say that because this is a podcast. There's show notes and um, we'll get after it. I think that's all for this time. So with that being said, make sure that you uh, subscribe to this podcast and download wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like this and think that it's worth listening to, I would love for you to leave me a review. would be so grateful. And I promise that I will absolutely shout you out <laughs> on the next, uh, next episode. So uh, with that being said, I will talk to you later. And until then... Have a good one. Bye-bye.